This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. You're listening to the Hunting Land Man podcast. This is Slade Priest, your host, the Hunting Land Man. Rack buck down here on opening day. If you're interested in rack bucks and real estate and everything that has to do with hunting property, this is the podcast for you. Well, here we go. Episode 22 of the Hunting Land Man podcast. We uh, kind of left y'all with a little bit of a cliffhanger last time. We uh, we talked a little bit about Hunting Land Man TV, our post-production producer, Hunter. And uh, we're getting really close with Hunter Phelps on the uh on the first episode of Hunting Land Man TV. Today, we are got the benefit, and I get the benefit every day, of having Caleb Armstrong, our new field producer, cameraman, social media guy, extraordinaire, uh, is here with us. We're going to talk a little bit about um, our first couple weeks working together and, uh, and the new show. And before we get too far, this episode, as always, is brought to you by Southern Ag Credit. They do such a good job. I've sent a guy today text me and say, hey, who I need to use to finance this land? Boom, I sent them Southern Ag Credit because they take good care of us, they cook, take good care of our family, and they take good care of our clients they provide a great product, and there's other companies that provide great products like they do, but we use Southern Ag Credit the most because we feel like they provide the best service. So, And with that being said, Southern Ag Credit has agreed to be the title sponsor of Hunting Landman TV. So thank you, Southern Ag Credit. And uh, you know what that means? we got to sell some more land to make it worth their while. So here we go, Hunting Landman Podcast number 21 with Caleb Armstrong. Caleb, introduce yourself, buddy. All right, y'all. So, uh, <clears throat> just like Slade said, I am the field producer and cameraman of Hunting Landman TV. This has um, been an extreme change for me, uh, career career wise. Uh, never saw myself doing something like this. Um, never really been interested in in you know film and photography and. 
uh, managing somebody's social media, but uh, the opportunity arose, and it was just something that fell right in my lap, and I'm extremely grateful for it. It is a testament to things happening in God's time, not your time. And Caleb, just because it was so interesting to me, just in a couple minutes, tell me what your plan was, you know, what you, what your plan was with baseball and, and, and military and all that, and how we got to here. Yeah, so uh, I grew up playing sports, uh, football and baseball. Had the opportunity to play at uh, Louisiana Lafayette Baseball and uh, played there for four years. And my dream um, for a career was always to be a Navy SEAL. And so um, from the time I was 15 all the way until December, uh, this past December, that was what I was pursuing. And so um, at first I was going to go out of high school, put it off to play college baseball. And then once that was over with, uh, got married and went and talked to the recruiter at the recruiter's office. And uh, he put me into the debt program, which is a delayed entry program with the Navy, and started my process to become a SEAL. And so um, as time goes on, you know, you're training and you're with everyone else that's in the debt program. And uh, finally, I earned my SEAL contract. Well, long story short, the the financial situation that ended up occurring that came in on my SEAL contract was not what I was told, not what I was promised. And um, I ended up walking away from that. So after I walked away uh, from my SEAL contract, a couple um, of job opportunities kind of became available, but nothing was really interesting to me, nothing that I really wanted to do. And so um, we went to a meet, my wife and I, to see uh, Jansen and Craig, and we talked to them. And Craig just kind of told me about this opportunity, and I told him, you know, man, I have no experience uh, in that line of work. And he said, look, man, I know you'll work hard, and um, just send Slade a copy of your resume, and I'll put you in touch with him. So he put me in touch with Slade. We talked, and then um, I eventually came, met Slade, spent a little time with him, and it wasn't long after that. Here we are. And it was really cool, the things that – interest me about Caleb and while he is sitting where he's sitting right now and you know we don't know where this is headed he and a year from now he may be still working on us a year from now he may have his real estate license a year from now he say you know what sled that was fun but uh it may not work you know it, it he may be headed to a different route but what interests me about Caleb was you know his work ethic and uh what his um you know kind of how how you know his plans had stopped and he was looking for something. And then I had something and, and, you know, our, our, you know, what he was looking for out of a job and what his skill set was, he's way overqualified for this. The dude, some, what you got a master's and, uh, he is a, uh, did you know he was a salutatorian of his class from new Ryan? I mean, way smarter than me and Ryan. And, um, so that, that definitely interested me and, uh, and, and he's done a great job so far. I guess we're in what about your third week of work? Third week. It feels like so much longer. I think we've actually uh, had three weeks. This is the fourth week now. Okay. Actually. He's reminding me because i got to send my secretary a, a, a bill so he can get paid. All right. We're gonna, um, we, I got my notes, as I always do, right here. Um, New Ryan is working on the video right now to uh, make sure we don't, we don't lose video on that. Um, Caleb, we've got Hunting Landman TV now. I'm going to give a brief synopsis of what that is, but I really want people to hear what you think it is because you're kind of from the outside looking in. Okay, so 
We talked about that a little bit about this last podcast. We had trained assassin television for seven years on the sports channel and did it even before that. So that was probably 10 years. What great. I didn't know what that was doing for my real estate career from a marketing standpoint and get my name out there. The people I got to meet, the experiences I got to have. And that was just a really cool experience. Whenever Craig and I got um, Realtree United Country going, uh, you know, we had the opportunity to work with Realtree on the Realtree 365 app and start hunting United. Great opportunity. Uh, wouldn't do it any other way. But uh, just, you know, things change with companies and, and things like that. So it's been tugging on my heartstrings for a year now about, okay, I want to do something that helps my clients, helps hunting land man, helps my family better from a real estate slash TV show standpoint. And I would be lying if I didn't say I like to do this. You know, I like to film. It's it, it's it's fun to me. It's it's you know, have people get different things out of hunting. I get the most rewarding out of getting it all on video. I don't it's just because I've been doing it for so long. It's just an added thing, kind of like I guess hunting with a recurve or something. It's something yeah. else added. You know, some people say, look, I only want to do it on public land or I only want to do it with a bow or I only want to do it, you know. What, uh, without feed or what, whatever your case may be. I like to do it on camera. Um, and so the goal of Hunting Landman TV is to sell more hunting properties, represent my buyers better, represent my sellers better, and educate our clients as we've done with this podcast about, okay, you're looking for a piece of hunting property. Um, and you know, Hey, why don't you go out and watch episode four of, of hunting land man TV? We actually, we took a buyer and we found him his hunting property and we established his goals. And I'm just using this example, but that's what we're going to do. Now we're figuring out what this show is right now. Um, the first episode is going to be out within probably the week, 10 days. And then, uh, you know, we're going to kind of tell the story of who the hunting land man is. And then we're going to go into chronologically during turkey season. Hey, we're turkey hunting in the morning. Um, real estate and the rest of the day and kind of what all that encompasses. We're going to do some really, really cool things with that as far as um, educating from a, hey, this we're cutting timber or we're buying this property to flip or we're, uh, improving this property or like we're going to do simple things too like hey this property's overrun with hogs maybe we'll go shoot one with our bow and then we'll do some trapping um you know of course we'll be doing all our hunts as we've done for the years we're going elk hunting this fall uh we're going to oklahoma kansas and of course our place in missouri when we go to missouri turkey hunting this year we'll be going up there missouri and iowa turkey hunting we'll be going ryan and bear cub Texas on a mule deer hunt. Yep, going to Texas on a mule deer hunt. So we're, we're going to be doing the same thing hunting-wise, except we're going to include a lot of real estate and an educational thing. And I think and hope that y'all out there who watch what I do and watch what we do from a social media standpoint, TV show, and podcast standpoint, is y'all are interested in taking this a step further into what we do at Hunting Land Man to – uh, you know, to sell properties and, and, and make our clients' dreams come true if that's buying properties or getting their property sold or, or upgrading a property or whatever that is. Caleb, what's your opinion and, and where do you think this is headed? Kind of tell me your – give me your synopsis about what I was talking about. Yeah, so this is um, kind of like what, what you said, first of all. The, the goal of this is to be able to um, help more people find their dream property, right? And – Beyond that, you know, I'm obviously not a real estate agent, so my goal is to get this in front of the most people as possible. 
So, you know, starting out with YouTube and then going to, to other forms, I, I think that this is... That is a good point you bring up. Tell everybody where we're going to be starting and going. Yeah, we're going to be starting on YouTube. And then from there, uh, we're just going to be building a formula on YouTube, seeing what what needs to be included in the show, what maybe we can leave out. And then from there, we're going to be going to Waypoint TV in the fall and um, possibly the Realtree 365 app. And then beyond that, my personal goal is to take this to A&E just like Duck Dynasty has done and some of these commercial real estate shows have done. Um, that's something that you know Slade talked about whenever um, he was considering hiring me. And I just said, look, that's going to be a goal of mine is to really take this thing to the next level. And let's really get in front of a lot of people so that we can help a lot of people find their dream property. And so um, the show is, is going to be a reality-based show. Um, basically, what you're going to be seeing is what Slade does day in and day out. And uh, I'm just going to be along for the ride, uh, filming all of it and, and you know working with Hunter to put it all together and uh, like he like he said we've already started brainstorming some ideas you know over the summer what we're going to do um, we've got some really cool ideas and once these shows start coming out let us know you know what do you want to see uh, give us some ideas in the comments what are some questions you may have or um, what's just something you want to see us do that will really help us because this has never been done before no one in the land real estate um world has ever done this so we really don't have anything to base it off of so we'd love to hear y'all's feedback and some of y'all's ideas as well that's absolutely right you know it's been done in the residential real estate world uh you know if it's selling sunsets or flip this house or you know or flipping vegas that i mean there's there's bunches of them on hgtv mm-hmm. and a and e and on all the apps uh million dollar listing you name it you know we sell a lot of million dollar listings so but um <laughs> We're just trying, nobody's ever done this, and, and we are. We're trying to figure out what works, what we need to show, what we need to film. And basically, I'm just doing what I do all day, every day, and Caleb's following around with the camera, and we're figuring out, okay, we need to make sure we film this. I mean, this morning we filmed me dropping off Asa because uh, a lot of mornings that's what I do. I drop off my, you know, drop off the kids at school, and that's part of the life. You know, that's, uh, you know, we had, like this morning we listened for turkeys. We dropped off Asa, hurried to the office, office meeting, working on some list agreements, working on some maps I got here in front of me, recording a podcast today. I got a showing this afternoon. You know, this is what we're showing you, and we're trying to figure out, okay, what can we do to educate you better, and what can we do to entertain you better, of course. But um, the bottom line is to represent our clients better, uh, and get our name out there because we truly do believe we are your best option for buying and selling recreational real estate in our area. And what better way to show that in video and, and, and here on the podcast. And we're just taking this thing a step further. Um, you brought up a, a point about following Slate around, do, doing what he does every day. This is a funny question and answer it how you will. Okay. What's it like working with Slade? It's nonstop. You know, it, I, I really appreciate somebody who works really hard at what they do and um, something that you'll see in the first episode of Hunt and Land Man is you know uh, Hunt and Land Man that's what Slade does but it's not who he is you know he's much more than that he's a, a great Christian father and a great Christian husband he's a great friend and to me you know he's my uh, my new mentor and so um, he's much more than just a real estate agent and so um I really appreciate 
someone who works hard at what they do, and they have a passion and drive for it. And so, uh, like I said, it's nonstop, but it's a lot of fun. And I've already, just in three weeks, learned a lot. That's what I, I was thinking when you said uh, you didn't know anything about being a realtor. You, I bet I bet you know, if you went to buy a house tomorrow, you'd know a lot more about our piece of land. You'd know a lot more about the real estate game. And, you know, you hear, talking about working hard and doing things, you hear a lot of uh, passion in our voices and the way we negotiate and the way we talk about our business is because, I ain't going to lie, it's aggravating when the client doesn't use us because I knew, I know that if they knew the real facts, they're making a bad choice. So that aggravates me a little bit. And, you know, it sounds arrogant and boastful, but it really is like like if you were going to have Tommy John surgery on your arm like you did, you would be passionate about telling someone, no, you need to use this doctor because they're the best and they'll do a good job. I feel the same way about my business. I will represent you well. I will negotiate for you well. Didn't say I was the cheapest. I said I will negotiate for you well. I will be your best option. Sellers, I'll put the most money in your pocket. Buyers, I'll help you find the right property. You know, you'll find out as soon as you talk to me, I'm going to ask you your goals. You're going to tell me your goals, not what you're looking for. Because when you tell me your goals, I'll tell you what you're looking for. Right. Because you, you, I, I do this all day, every day. So when you tell me your goals, I, you may say something. I say, you know, you said you're looking for this. Like if you, if you say... You know, I need somewhere to hunt four or five people. And you say, you know, it's like I'm looking 40 acres. Oh, no, let's let's back that up. I don't know if you can hunt four or five people. You know, just little things like that. Slade, I want a place um, in Woodville, uh, but I'm not willing to pay this much money. Well, we may not be looking. We may need to look somewhere cheaper. Things like that. So uh, it's a good point you brought up. We do have a lot of passion for it because we truly believe we are the best option for our, our clients. All right, um, Caleb, something that I'm sure everybody out there interested, cameraman Caleb, uh, tell me a little bit about your hunting background. So I grew up uh, primarily deer hunting. Uh, I duck hunted a little bit in high school just with some friends whenever they wanted to, to go, and I would just pretty much tag along. Uh, never had the opportunity to turkey hunt. I was always a baseball player. We always played in the spring, and it just never worked out. Um I don't have many family members that turkey hunt, so this spring has been a huge learning curve, not only behind the camera, but also as a turkey hunter. Um, It's a lot different than uh, deer hunting, especially the deer hunting that I'm used to. You know, growing up, uh, we were on some hunting clubs here and there, but none of them were ever really that good, and so uh, myself and all of my buddies, we we stuck to public land for the most part, and... um, Man, we we just loved to deer hunt. That's just something that uh, from day one has been in my blood. It's something that it it is by far my favorite hobby is to go out into the woods and chase a big rack buck. Um, And so I I grew up, like I said, in the deer woods. And uh, this spring has been, you know, jumping in the deep end and uh, hoping that you can just swim because i've been learning behind the camera and also as a turkey hunter and it's been a big learning curve it's a uh it's a tough thing not only learning how to you know be a good cameraman but also learning how to be a turkey hunter and i know going through your mind is i've got to not spook this turkey one and i got to make sure i do a good job of filming and it is and it's 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 a disadvantage because like me when we me and Blake and Craig and Ryan when we started filming turkey hunts, well, we were already good turkey hunters, so we knew 
what we could get away with things like you're having to learn all this on the fly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm helping. And believe it or not, I haven't got me and we have not had a fallout and out in the woods yet. Me and bear cubs had several, but we hadn't had any kind of falling out in the woods or whatever. Cause you know, when you get high emotions of like, maybe you're chasing turkeys and they're aggravating you and then oh, you got to get set up here. You got to get that. You know, it's just, it's high emotions and you, you know, you get, it's a stressful situation, but fortunately we filled all our tags in Mississippi. That's, that's our, your Turkey update. We, um, we killed our last turkey on Friday, April 1st. Uh, had an unbelievable hunt. That's going to be on episode four. It's going to take up most of episode four. No we doubt. had the gobbler in gun range slash camera range for 11, 12 minutes. 11 minutes. It was crazy. And I'm not talking about like in gun range like he was at 40 or 50. I'm talking about like 18 yards. I'm watching his wings shake as he's drumming. And I'm just, if you watch my social media, you can see the picture of him right over my head. And, and, what it was was the turkey was calm. We had a good setup, good cover, and I knew if he would get over there towards the little creek, we would have exceptional video, and that's what I wanted. Now, it was tempting several times, but I knew it was going to be risky, and it ended up, good Lord, took care of us. It worked out good. Um, so that was the third turkey. Second turkey was on the 284. 284. Yeah, good little hunt. Uh, came up there, got the turkeys killed. We learned a lot about setups. We almost had a falling out that day. That was that was the day where you told you you asked me, do you have him right there? Oh, well, oh, I, yeah, I forgot. We didn't. We didn't. I said, I, I, I said, all right, I see him coming. I see him coming to the left. He kind of he he snuck in on us, and the other turkeys kept so, gobbling. Very much. And the turkeys coming in to the left. I said, all right, all right. I said, and he's standing by the decoy. And I said, all right, you got him good right there. He said, I can't see him. I said, he's standing by the decoy. Like, and what that meant was, how in, how in the world can you not see me standing by a decoy? And there was a long lane Caleb was looking at, and that's where we thought the turkeys were going to come from. Right, right. And this one snuck in to the left. And so, anyway, got beautiful video. Got the turkey killed. Uh, great hunt. And uh, own a piece of property that I own, which is always cool because it's like the – it's like the – um. I don't know, so why would you do it? You know, you work hard and buy land and do it, and when you can kill game on property that you own, it's hard to quantify yeah. that number. We got a visitor. Um, Melissa just stepped in the office. Hey, Melissa. Um, anyway, we it's 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 why we buy property. It's why we invest in property versus stocks because you mm-hmm. can't kill a deer or catch a fish or kill a turkey in this case on your stock portfolio, and we proved that that morning. Our first turkey we killed with Hunter, opening day that afternoon. And uh, y'all won't see on camera because I didn't get on camera, but I did happen to swing and miss on one the second day, which ended up working out good because I shouldn't even shot, but whatever. Shot too far, too fast. Turkey slipped in on us. But uh, now the goal is to get Lori and Bentley a turkey, which we've got plenty of them on a place we save for them. And then we're going to start tomorrow on our Louisiana turkey tags. We're going to hunt at a buddy of mine's place over in Catahoula Parish. Uh, supposedly got a bunch of birds. So we're going to be sitting there at 6 a.m. And hopefully about 625, they're going to be gobbling their brains out, hopefully. Um, as as Ryan Wascom would say, they're going to be rushing the tops in the morning. Rushing I think it's going to be tops. it's going to be 48 degrees at a 40, I mean a four-mile-an-hour wind. And it ought to be good because it's been nasty the last two days. So we're excited about that. Um, Let me see here. What all else I got on my um, agenda? Turkey hunting. What? Okay. 
been learning how what what's your what's your opinion on are are you now would you consider yourself a turkey hunter um i'm definitely more of a turkey hunter than you know i once considered myself especially three weeks ago i feel like i could go out into the woods and know how to hunt a turkey Mm -hmm. so yeah i guess i consider myself a turkey hunter now i've seen three of them die so a full season's worth here in mississippi which apparently the hardest turkeys in the Mississippi and Louisiana, yeah. the South, they're the hard, definitely the hardest turkeys to kill. So I've seen three of them die, and um, I really feel like I could go out into the woods, find one, listen to it, and you know maybe uh, adjust my setup however it needs to be set up. But, yeah, I feel like I could go out and kill a turkey. And what Caleb has learned is hunting turkeys, the second turkey we killed was in flat ground, and the rest of them we've been hunting for the most part has been in severe hills of Wilson County out by the Buffalo River. It's a difference. Big, big difference. They will, and I say this to my good turkey hunters listening out there. There's a difference between killing turkeys and getting them on film. We have to set up in ways to get good video. Killing one in the hills is a lot easier than getting good video of one in the hills. Fighting about where you're going to set up is half the battle. Um, and, uh, you know, you got to make them come where you can get good video, which is not where they want to be a lot of times. But anyway, those turkeys in those hills out there will humble you. And you can hear them so far. The other morning, 960 yards is where they were roosted from where we started. And then they went another mile the other way once they got on the ground. Goofy things. Them two turkeys are still alive. Um, we may try to get on them with somebody else later this season. Those are actually the turkeys that we set up on when we killed our third turkey. Right, right. And they were gobbling 100 yards away. I mean, they were close, and we really thought they were going to show up. At I actually saw them at one point. Yeah. I mean, we really thought they were going to show up at any point. And then that other turkey that we ended up killing just kind of snuck in on us. Gobbled once, and then it was on. Yeah, so when those turkeys, it's a funny story, so... Those turkeys, we kind of played them soft that morning. We were in a good setup. We knew we were in a good spot, and we were, they were up there. We called one of their hands to us, and then one of their hands crossed in front of them, and then we, Caleb saw them. I couldn't see them down the bottom. They saw the two longbeards. He saw the two longbeards. And the longbeards kind of went down the bottom in a way. So I kind of got on and I cut and cackled a little bit and made sure they knew that I was still interested in them. When I did, that turkey to the right went up killing gobble one time, just one time. And I turned around and told Caleb, I said, he's coming. He was waiting for the opportunity for those turkeys to walk away. And he was kind of a subordinate bird, probably two-year-old. And he come down there and he put on – it wasn't six or seven minutes probably. Heard him drumming. Yep, it wasn't long at all. And when he come down that hill, it was just pretty. And one of those – it was a big, giant pine and hardwood bottom. And it was younger pines up on the hill. And it was just gorgeous lighting and – it was a special morning for sure. Came right down to the creek. The creek splitting the decoys. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just, it was, you can't draw it up any better than it happened. It was. It was de- definitely, definitely a fun hunt and, and one we hope to replicate in the morning. No doubt. Um, real estate wise, get y'all up to speed. We have, I think, 14 properties pending. We've closed one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We've closed eight. Almost $11 million worth of property. By the time we close, what we have pending will be in the $35 million range, which is good. And if we continue on that pace, we're going to be right around our goals. But got to keep the skinny pedal down because we got a long ways to go. Interest rates are rising a little bit. They're still good. So nobody freak out out there. 
interest rates aren't as low as they were, but they are still extremely good. And our people at Southern Ag Credit can hook you up when it comes to good interest rates. They're still good, and they're better than they will probably be for a long time. So if you're still interested in property, the time is now. I know we say that a lot, but like the interest rates are going up. That's not questionable. So they're going up. So let's go ahead, get you your property. And, you know, don't let a 1% interest rate affect you from getting that property that you were hoping your grandkids or your kids or yourself was going to kill that deer or turkey on it. 1%. Uh, that's not that big a deal. I promise you, when you get ready to sell it one day, I can negotiate out you 1%. So let's go ahead and get this property bought and get your goal. That's what's one thing we always preach is don't forget the goal now. You know, like we're trying to buy a good property and have a good investment there, but let's not forget the goal of, hey, Mr. Buyer, you told me you were looking for a place to bring your grandkids and, and have deer every time you win or turkeys or fish or ride foolers or you name it. Don't forget that's the goal. And let's not let a 1% interest rate or a half a percent interest rate affect that. Now, I know everybody has their budget and we can maybe reformulate about what you're looking for, but let's not let 1% get in the way of the rest of our life. I promise you, when you're on your deathbed, you're not going to say, Man, I wish I wouldn't have brought that property. I had one one uh, percent difference in the you know in the interest rate. That's that's not the end of the world. All right, here comes a question that uh, we ask everybody on the Hunting Land Man podcast. So hopefully, Caleb, being from a little bit different part of the world, uh, being in North Louisiana and a little different background, let's see what Caleb has to say. Caleb, you go down here to St. Francisville on the state line and you buy a lottery ticket today and you win $100 million net to you, where are we buying land and why? I know he's been thinking about this, so this should be good. Oh, yeah, I've got my answer ready. Um, so I'm going home. I'm going home to Monroe or Swartz, Louisiana, if you know where Swartz, Louisiana is. And uh, first thing I'm going to try to do is see how much of Russell Sage I can buy if it's buyable. Mm-hmm. I grew up hunting Russell Sage, wildlife management area, Love that place. I've seen almost every inch of that place with my two eyes. And um, that's just a place that I'm passionate about, and that's my honey hole. I love that place. Um, anywhere in that northeast corner from Washita Parish over to Tensaw Parish, uh, there's so much good deer hunting land in that area. And that's just somewhere that is home to me. My family's up there. We, you know, I could always go up. To the camp, be with my family, bring some friends, um, but that's where I'm going. So, you know, so, I got 4,100 acres I just listed there. So, if you do win that lottery, and I've seen that 4,100 mm-hmm. acres with you, so there you go. I saw it, and it and has plenty all, of turkeys on it, plenty of turkeys, plenty of deer. We saw a lot of game that day. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I'm definitely I'm going back home, and I'm I'm gonna hunt right there with the family. All right, so, okay, let's say you buy the 4,100 acres and you spend $10 million bucks. Mm-hmm. All right, you still got 90. So I'd probably get a place over uh, on the Tensaw River. Claire, we're going to get you a beach house. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. We'll, 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 we'll call Craig, yeah, yeah, find we'll, out where to go to the beach. <laughs> oh, Craig will know exactly where to go. He spends a lot of time there nowadays, That's even right. during turkey season. Yep. Y'all, uh, speaking of hats off, you know, our friend Craig used to turkey hunt with us and, and, and um, you know, he used to be a hunter, but now he's a golfer and uh, we don't see him anymore. So it was been a good run, Bull. So uh, see you again uh, when you come back to the light. Yeah, I knew it was over whenever we were turkey hunting last time. and 
we were walking down the dirt road, and I turned around, and he was practicing his golf swing. That's right. Had a little pebble in, yep. the, in the dirt and putting, putting on the gravel road. Mm-hmm. But anyways, yeah, I'm going to Tensaw Parish. I'm going to find a really good track of land, some CRP, maybe some WRP, um, something that's got some duck holes too. Mm-hmm. And, um, yep, I, I just love that northeast corner of Louisiana. And he's going to be thinking Missouri, Iowa, Kansas by this fall. He's going to we're going to ask him this again in say at the end of this year and and see if his things if his mind changes. No doubt, that, it probably will. That that Midwest will change. Like when you go sit at Walnut Hills on that ridge and look out across there and hear turkeys gobbling and see deer everywhere, and the lakes and the fog coming off the lakes of daylight, you go to thinking. Why do I live where I live? This is awesome. I'm serious. When I left there in May, uh, when let me see, no, that was June, first week of June. Ryan and I went up there and planted uh, planted plots of corn last year, and we left there that day. We we're walking off the porch, loading up at daylight, and there was a turkey down in the bottom. And I was thinking, man, I could get used to this, <laughs> and it is beautiful up there. But there's no place like home, like me and you said the other day. Well, um, we've got some real estate work to do. We wanted to keep this thing about 30 minutes, and we're at 31 minutes. We've got a lot of real estate work to do. We're working on our uh, listings in uh, Morehouse Parish. We're going to work on getting them online hopefully next week. We've got two new listings in Pike County, one that's li- just went live today. Caleb finished a video on that yesterday, and then we got another one that's about to go live We've got some good properties in Wilkeson County. As always, listings are still tight for that less than million dollar stuff we did put up a new 107 acres yesterday in abit county but the best thing you can do and this is not a sales pitch if you want to find a good hunting property get on my email list because when we send out these properties good stuff especially right now it's going fast and by the time you see it on land watch or lands of america or realtreeuc.com any of that, it may have been already sold or you may be behind the eight ball. So best thing to do is get on my email list. We're not going to bombard you with emails every time we get a new listing. You know, a couple times a month, we're going to send you an email. And then pertinent information like great stuff like Hunt Land Man TV. Here's an episode. Hunt Land Man Podcast. Here's an episode. Your taxes are due. Um, something we're going to do, I just made me think about this. We always do game cha- game law changes and things like that on that email. I have not got a million percent confirmation yet, but I'm pretty sure they've approved the velvet season at Mississippi. We're going to do a whole podcast on this coming up once I find out that it's confirmed. So what I'm hearing and what the paper uh, said is somewhere between September the 10th and September the 20th, uh, I think of this year, 2022, it's going to be a three to five day uh, consecutive season during September 10th to the 20th. Now, if somebody out there listening knows Hey, no slave. This is exactly how it is. That's what I understand thus far from the research I've done. The Mississippi Wildlife Fisheries and Parks website or social media pages have not updated with that stuff in there, but that's what the bills are saying out there. Um, in the and the, what, what the Clarion Ledger here, Macomb um, wrote, or Clarion Ledger, maybe Jackson, whatever one it is. Anyway, the paper said um, that that's what it's going to be. So that's going to be interesting. Now the negative is if it starts on the tenth. We're going to be elk hunting, and I miss that. Now, elk hunting, of course, is unbelievable and awesome, but I've always said, man, if the season would open middle of September, we'd kill them all, and that's the truth. Now, it's going to be hot just like it is the first week of October, but whenever deer lose that velvet 
that right around in there, it's like it's like their thing to know. Okay, the boys are coming with the bows and and, and things like that. So, Kyle, if if you can get the wind right during that time, they're dead because they come like clockwork. Boom, yeah. boom, food plot feeder, you know, a mineral site, whatever. They come like clockwork whenever you can get them on pattern. So, with that being said, if you think. Uh, if you are getting ready for that, as I think it's going to happen this year, if you're going to try to kill a deer on September 10th, you need to start. I'm going to start as soon as turkey season's over. I already started in some places, but you need to start May, June, getting these deer figured out, figuring out where they want to be, figuring out your setup. If you're going to put a new location, like a new mineral lick or a new food plot or a new feeder, you know, if you're in Mississippi, Louisiana, most people are hunting over feed. Let's not sugarcoat it. Pick your tree out where you want to kill them from first. Think about winds, you know, a lot of southeast winds and and, and uh, things like that, opening week of the season. Think about all those sort of things. Also, you got to remember during that sort of time of year, we usually don't have very good prevailing winds. So you got to think about thermals. And, and you know, like Caleb and I were walking through a bottom of there's deer sign everywhere. I said, well, you'll never kill them with a bow here. And the reason is, it was a couple of steep ridges coming in this creek bottom. I said, that wind is swirling here. You'll never get a deer and killed in here, which is precisely why all that deer sign was there. The mm-hmm. deer know that too. Absolutely. So, you know, you got to know, you, you you pick your tree and your spot you want to kill them to, then set up the rest. Um, it, it all sounds good and great till one old doe blows at you coming in, but it's exciting. Um, you know, some people may be negative. I wish if we're going to do this, we would take away three to five days somewhere else during the season, give the deer a little bit more of a chance or give the deer a break. They're not doing that. So we can't change it. I promise you what I'm not going to do. If I'm home and not elk hunting, I'm not going to be sitting on the couch during that time. We're going to be hunting them. So, uh, if we get the right weather in a three to five day season, we might not have nothing to hunt by October 1st. I'm serious because they come during that yep, time, they buddy. Some patterns. And, I, and I'm cool with that. I'll go hunt Missouri when October, you know, whatever. But it's exciting. We're going to do a whole podcast on that. I'm going to, once I get confirmation that this is 100% happening, we're going to just really dive into this because I think it's a cool topic. It's brand new Mississippi. The season's been opening on September the 30th or October the 1st. For since the beginning of, of Slade Priest's time, and we're fixing to change the game on that. So that's interesting. It's going to be some negative people out there that don't like the idea. Um, it'll give some people the opportunity to kill a velvet deer if they never kill one. Um, but, uh, I mean, look, your good hunters are still going to kill deer, and your people that don't worry about their scent control may kill one and get lucky. You know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to change things a little bit, and I do think the deer are a little easier to kill then. Well, if we got nothing else, um, we're going to get out of here. This is the Hunting Land Man Podcast 22, brought to you by Southern Ag Credit. We're going to get some more real estate done. i got a showing this afternoon, and hopefully we'll be tagging Louisiana Turkey in the morning. Y'all have a good day, and thank you, Caleb. Yes, sir. Hey, thank you for listening to the Hunting Land Man Podcast. If you will, take a moment, give us a five-star written review, guys. This really helps us out. And if you know anybody you think will be interested in this podcast, please share it with them.